COVID vaccinations for no longer neutral. Black Lives Matter, whether it's a hash. Can't take it no longer. It's minority children that are suffering the most. Begin to have real conversations. No, no longer, longer neutral. neutral. The divide um, that I actually started thinking about mm-hmm. uh, came because of an article that I read that talked about how people are now choosing where to live locally and also um, civically and also nationally. They may move basically just out of the pure knowing of where, what p- political stance that particular neighborhood is mm-hmm. or that local county mm-hmm. is or that local mm-hmm. state is. Mm-hmm. People are moving to Texas because it's a Republican state mm-hmm. and then choosing within Texas not to go to Austin, mm-hmm. but instead to go to Dallas mm-hmm. because Dallas is more red mm-hmm. than Austin. I find that interesting that people are now choosing to do that. And is that going to, what are the implications for that? Are the implications that we're going to be now completely segregated? based on political ideology instead of race. Mm. That's a new configuration that we've never really had to deal with mm. in America. And I'm also finding it ironic because you could have in Austin, which is a, a blue town in Texas, but yet they're dealing with a state that obviously has turning everything backwards with abortion rights, with you know the, the legalization of, of marijuana. They, mm. It's just really interesting how everyone's choosing now. Mm-hmm. So do you find, and this is good information for me because I don't, I haven't read, I didn't read the article. Uh-huh. Do you find though that everyone or big numbers of folks who are moving to Texas are moving for that same reason? Because I know that there are a, a number of folks that I have come across moving to Texas who are not red. And they're moving mostly for the economic um, security that you can find in a place that's not as expensive as let's say California. Absolutely. And I think that's the conversation that has been happening just recently within the last five to 10 years, Mm -hmm. just based on where people's um, economic situations are. People obviously have been moving for those reasons all along, even beyond 10 years. But now this article went beyond that. This article actually pointed out that there's a new influx of people who are considering when they decide to move, when they ask them, what are your reasons? Their reasons in their top five now have to do with the political ideology of the town, the county, or the state. Very interesting. Did it mention anything about some of what has happened with the pandemic? Because what we know is that even here, different areas, for instance, the Orange County area, they weren't wearing masks while everybody in L.A. County was still having to wear masks. Absolutely. Absolutely. So a it was lot more of it about is... the behaviors of the stance that the right or the left takes is really a, what is at the forefront of people's minds as to whether they're going to move to that particular place or not. So you're actually very right and dead on target by asking that question because, you know, when you look at towns and, and, and cities and, and counties and states, you know, we abide by national regulations, but we also abide by the county regulation, more importantly. Sure. So locally, there could be something very much different going on than what's going on in the state. And so I find that to be the most important thing. So when they looked at the behavior, for instance, of Texas, and the article dealt mostly with folks coming from California to Texas, which was really interesting. And those folks who had moved recently, most recently, in their top three reasons had the political ideology as, as, as in their top three. So it wasn't just about it was, it was cheaper 
or it wasn't just about the schools that they liked in the neighborhoods. It was more about the ideology of the people that they were going to be around. So that means that if I am comfortable literally wearing my mask, and I'm okay with that right now because I believe the pandemic is about everybody, and I want to make sure that everyone's okay, and so I'm going to move to a place where I see that when I go to the store, when I go to Ralph's Market. But likewise, adversely, if I'm very against the mask and I don't believe this pandemic is as serious as people think and I come from that pool of thought, I'm going to move to a neighborhood or a place where I don't want to see that many masks. I don't want to have that you know, in, interfering with my life. So it's just interesting that that is now, and I'm going to continue to look at these numbers and see if this kind of spreads across the nation because this article particularly looked at California and Texas most of all. You know what I think is interesting and then, um, Ayana, I, th- I then want to hear from you because you really stay up more than I do in terms of politics. But I, what I'm hearing makes me think about what's happening in California financially. Uh. So typically you find that the more money you have, the more power it seems like you have and typically you'll find that you know those folks who are way up on that economic you know trajectory are typically more red you know for whatever reason right and so with all that I see happening in California I wonder if that might create a shift in the political views or you know where people kind of are so to speak because, I mean, you guys all know, and listeners, know, you know, and I'll stop talking about, you know, my grandmother after a while, but it's so fresh. Come on, Grandma. <laughs> but, you know, she had a home, very nice, well-kept, and we sold that for more than anything I would have ever wanted to have paid for just because it's of how they, the, the rise of prices in California, Absolutely. right? And so... It's interesting to see that, you know, that there's this shift in terms of the folks who are coming into the area where I grew up as a little one, Uh where it was predominantly African-American and now not necessarily so. Right. There is some, you know, definite gentrification that has happened. Um, And so with that, sometimes comes a shift in political views and, you know, whether you're Democrat or liberal or whatever it is. So what do you think or what are you kind of hearing based on what Michael has said and just your own political knowledge that you have? I'm not really up on this subject too well, but I do feel as a principal, I do know I had parents during the pandemic who took their children out because we played a Sesame Street song and um, the song was about me having two moms or two dads and you know, and they actually said that, you know, we're not here to change your curriculum. We understand that you have to, you know, accommodate and be inclusive of all students, but we choose, there's about a good five of them, conservative Caucasian families that chose to pull their children out. And maybe I don't know what they, where they went, you know, it's private, Catholic, Christian schools. I don't know where they went. But I do think that it all encompasses everything. Sure. Political ideology, preference, influence, um, economic base. Uh, I do think that school systems, um, moral issues, 
mm-hmm. is why people are moving how they're moving. And I think that also there's still that Trump phenomenal. And so right. I think that they're mobilizing. A lot of the Trump supporters are mo- mobilizing in units. That's just mm. my thought. That's just my thought. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, especially when we think about how they felt about the vote. So if they can infiltrate in areas where, let's say, the numbers were close. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. And if they can influence, mm-hmm. you know, the way in which electors get nominated right. to be able to count the votes. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if you have people, you know, electors, electors, that position, the people that count the votes in a national election, the electoral those college. people, those mm-hmm. those people have to live in that in that place. Mm-hmm. Right. They, you can't be an electoral college uh, mm-hmm. processor right. and live in California, mm-hmm. but vote, but count in Kentucky. Right. It's not going to happen. So you're right. They are mobilizing and moving mm-hmm. and choosing to move mm-hmm. um, purposely mm-hmm. for the realization that elections are coming and that, mm-hmm. you know, um, we can, you know, once again, not have to rely on uh, redlining. What is that called? That when they line districts, redistricting, redistricting. Right. They don't, they don't have to do that anymore. They can actually now. Um, there's an attempt to mobilize the the red, the right, the right. Um, and I say the red because that's the color that they typically wear. But it, mobilization is 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 huge now, and they're talking about it in many articles. So I'm a CNN watcher. And that's as a CNN watcher, I, I like to read and 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 stay up on all of the moving mm-hmm. trends that are mm-hmm. going on with folks. So, what would you um, say to our listeners right now um, in terms of just what might be the first thing to think about um, with the shift? Of course, paying paying more attention. Because, like I said, I didn't read the article, but you can guarantee that I will be reading it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and paying more attention to the things that are happening. Um, and then I hope if we don't have something today, but definitely the next time we uh, come back, more information on the things that we can really do in our own communities. Not necessarily to make change or, you know, that kind of a thing, but to really help people to just understand. I think if you understand what's happening, yes, then that's when you are able to make whatever decisions you need to make for yourself and for the people that you love, yes, so that we're not caught off guard. Well, I have some, some suggestions, like New okay. Frontier Democratic Club. That is the oldest and largest African American Democratic Club in California. So, like, getting becoming members of those clubs that. You know, they have monthly meetings and they have speakers come out and tell you how to responsibly um, elect a judge. Oh. Know, those judge positions, when candidates run for judgeship, yes. that's right. huge. But we don't take it seriously, you know, um, to look at those different propositions and those assembly bills. You know, there are people that come out and teach you what's the pros and what's the cons. Who wrote it? Follow the money. Who's paying for it? Who's endorsing the bill? Who's endorsing this judge? So I think that we, it, the information is there and the access is there. We do have to just go to get go to it. So how do we get the access? Like where is, I mean, you said the Democratic Club. New Frontier. So it's on Zoom now. The meetings are on Zoom. Okay. The website. Good. New Good. Frontier Democratic Club. Um, Commissioner Mike Davis, he's the president. And, you know, they do a lot, a wealth of information. Even um, there's a doctor out of Cal State Northridge, Boris Ricks, 
I believe that's his name. He he's a member, and he always gives like a political an, an analysis of how a vote may how a race, so like the mayor's race with Karen Bass. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So you know he can tell us how to mobilize and get her elected if that's your choice, or um, you know just it's just a very good club for us to talk to us. Yes. 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 And also, I would say one of the other things that I, I like to do now, mm-hmm. as I'm reaching, you know, almost 60 now, is just really consistently talk with young people. Yes, absolutely. Because young people are, you know, and that sounds so cliche, the young people are the future and la, 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 la. But they will continue on the hopes and the dreams and the ideology of their parents and of the community members and the people that they see as heroes. You know, people that they want to continue these these kinds of legacies so that we don't foster momentary power right you know what i mean or a momentary improvement as a race or as a people um and i speak that just for you know both for black people and human people right you know one of the things one of the things that this conversation is mostly about for me is bigger than just looking at electoral races and who becomes president the divide for me is bigger you know it's more about just human just being human like how did we get here Right. You know, I try to explain, me and my son, we have the most fascinating conversations as well as with my daughter. And I remember having these conversations about how did this race, of, how did we as a race of people get to a place where these people are not good enough, but these people are just at a basic level. And it brings me back to why I love preschool, because we are fostering that kind of conversation with children. You know, why is, why is, why you don't want to play with, with Donnie? You know, why well, I don't like Donnie. Donnie's taller than me. Whatever the difference is, it could be as minor as that for a preschooler, but that's where it starts. Yeah, that's where it starts. And we can build a whole new, I believe. Now, maybe I'm just pie in the sky, Michael Haygood, the doctor who believes that everybody's, you know, positive. But I do believe, you know, one day, eventually, I think that's God's hope. Mm -hmm. Is that we'll get it together. We'll get it together one day where we'll realize that this is a huge playground for all of us. Right. And play I always in it. play yes. in it, but stop picking on people. Stop being a bully. Right. Stop putting people down. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a huge playground. Go, go out there and live. You know. Yes. And I always say there is enough. There is enough, enough. room for there's, all of us. There's, there's enough, enough for the pie. There is. Just give me a piece. There's right. Enough. Right. There's enough. Right. Yeah. There's enough. Yeah. I noticed that when we were on the pandemic. I, I don't know if you experienced this, where students, because we were in the homes on Zoom. We, we, we were able to see um, the difference of how people live. And I know students saw that also. Uh, yes. You know? Yes. And, uh, but most of the time, I know. Tell me what you mean when you say how people live. So, you know, at, at the school that I'm working now, oh. there were parents who, you know, because we don't have to, parents can attend, students can attend that right. are not in that zip code. Correct. So I have parents that were in like Playa del Rey, Marina del Rey, affluent, Verde, affluent very neighborhoods, affluent neighborhoods, and so they all could see, you know, when they're at the pool during Zoom or yeah. you know, sitting in the kitchen, and you mm. see these big screen TVs, and you see the views that they have, you know, in their backyards. So I noticed that, you know, children pay attention to that, not as much as parents do, of course. Sure. And so then I noticed that some of my parents who I'll say the student needed to be on Zoom the most, they needed to attend class the most, they wouldn't show up. Uh, 
And what's ironic for that, and you shared earlier, just the conversation that you were sharing earlier about those five parents. Very similar to what you just shared. It's just very similar. It's difference. Mm-hmm. It's always about difference. And what a shame mm-hmm. that, you know, I don't really necessarily, I'm not invested in that those five parents, the parents of those five children, I'm not invested in their attitudes mm-hmm. changing mm-hmm. or their um, understanding mm-hmm. changing. I'm more interested in, once again, the youth, the children that they're bringing up that now don't have the advantage of knowing another kid that has two moms. Yes. You know, what What? What? what a shame they because that yeah. child is going to grow up in a world. Obviously, this world is moving much faster and people are becoming much more concentrated on coming to the middle, right. not staying on the fringes and being so extreme in their thinking. And as we come to this compromising middle thing that I'm talking about, I believe, I really believe that it's the children that are growing up in new societies hundreds and hundreds of years from now. Yeah. They will, they will benefit from these new changes. And mm-hmm. those of us who have enough comfort mm-hmm. and courage, I call it, mm-hmm. to allow these children to explore and experience differentness in whatever it is. Well, yeah, that's when you will benefit. When, you, when you're still on the moral issue for some, and that's not the, um, that when you're on the right and the wrong. When you're saying this is right, this right. is wrong, they're still they're still on the that's wrong. That's a wrong lifestyle. That's wrong, and they're not very um, progressive enough to know that it still teaches children, ch- their children, to get along with all like the, the that child has no bearing on right. who his parents. And this is choose the, to love. I like, get like, it. You know what I'm saying? So and why, I, Ayana? You are mm. bringing up the biz, biggest example, mm. hugest example, of what I call uh, misnomers about what the what what right and wrong is. Right. As as a and we have conducted ourselves as human beings about what's right and what's wrong, so many times in error that this is the biggest egregious error of all when you talk about sexuality because it doesn't factor in. Or it factors in as if someone had a choice, which is at the very basis of what most gay and lesbian and LBTQ folks are talking about, mm-hmm. which is that there is no choice in that. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, there is no choice in how you are attracted to someone. I was at a dinner the other night with someone, and we were talking about, um, and this was with a straight, 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 straight friend of mine, and he was, you know, just having a conversation. He was like, you know, when did you know? And I was explaining to him and talking to him, talking about my own experience, and then he said, you know, and he used the word choice in his explanation to get someone else to understand. And so I asked him, I said, so you, you chose to be straight. You used to like dudes, right? And he was like, no, I never liked no dude. And I was like, oh, but you just said it was a choice. He said, no, I said, oh, and he got it. Because he was about to say, I said it was a choice for you. But if it's a choice for me, it's a choice for everybody, right? Because we're all born as with these feelings, these emotions, these things, these God-giving things, attractions. And so if you were attracted to men first, and now you're choosing to be with women, then I understand your premises or your premise. But mm-hmm. I don't understand it if you're saying that I naturally... Just denied yeah. your attraction. So that's where the choose. word moral comes in yes, for me. Right. And I don't have a hard time right. understanding what moral is because moral is up to the person who's actually right. interpreting. And they're informed. Your right and your wrong of things is informed from somewhere. Right. So who gave it's conditioning. Mm-hmm. Absolute conditioning. 
I love the example you just brought up, especially because of you, mm-hmm. you attached it to the way in which our parents and our school systems mm-hmm. are doing the best they can with the information they have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, my hope would be is that whether it is a choice, whether it's not a choice, I love you and I respect you and Hello. I accept you just because of who you are. Yeah. Right? It's all of those other things, though, the, your upbringing, what people have said, what you notice people are doing, that stands in the way of just really taking people and just being kind just because that's the right thing to do. Absolutely. And I love the fact that what you just said, Sharice, because I think that I had to factor in as a gay man not being so angry when people didn't get it right, right away. Right. I start and someone languaged to me that that's their own coming out process. And I thought, oh, okay. So, and I think that that's what's become really uh, an advantage, I would say, with most of the people that I do that are gay and lesbian, is now there's this conversation and an understanding that not only are we the only ones coming out, our parents are coming out too. Yes. Because they have their own process to get used to this. Absolutely. You know, our siblings are coming out too because they have their own process. Right. And it's not always just about they're going to be, obviously they don't want you to be tormented, but they're not just going to be embarrassed for you or by you. They want to get to a place where they're comfortable as well, and that process takes time. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I, d- I had to go through that. Yes. You know, yes. Um, one of my children, Yes, mm-hmm. we went through that, and I think initially she didn't understand that I just needed time sure. to just process, yes. right? Just because, not because I wasn't loving yes. and understanding, just because I had to take down those those walls that had been put up for me mm-hmm. before I even knew mm-hmm. that that was an issue, mm-hmm. right? right? It's not until you're faced with that, that thing that's in front of you sure. that you really know mm-hmm. which way you're going to respond mm-hmm. to it. But I think for others, just what you said, you have to allow people to have that time to respond. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I've had a lot of life-changing kinds of events in my life because the same thing also happened when I had my daughter who has Down syndrome. Right. When I was carrying her, never had any inclination that anything was happening. Mm-hmm. I was young. Back then, folks would tell you, you know, only people who, had, who were older had children with Down syndrome. Got it. So that was never anything that ever came up for myself and with my doctor, not your nothing. Oldest, right? And she is not my oldest. She is my middle child. Mm-hmm. And when we had her, we actually took her home and still didn't know that she had Down syndrome because she didn't present in the same way as the typical, she, did, she wasn't floppy as what they said and, you know, other little things. When we found out, though, that she did have Down syndrome because we finally did blood testing because there were some things that I just kept saying, something's not quite what I'm used some to. Noticing. Right. Um, and found that out, there was a process that I had to go through. Absolutely. To, to, to deal with, this is not what I thought was going to be. Mm-hmm. And so because it's different, it doesn't mean that I don't love any differently mm-hmm. or that I love differently, but there was a time period that I had to really say, what does this mean for me? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I respond to this? Because it is different, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, where are the supports that I go? Because <laughs> I don't know much about this. You know, that kind of a thing. 
And so I think if, if nothing else for our listeners, just allowing ourselves space to come to an understanding of where other people are. Now that is what the divide is all about. Yes. That's how we started this conversation. And I know that we've been talking about various issues under the umbrella of the divide. Mm-hmm. But that's why I wanted to sort of talk about this today because it really is at the foundation of just being human. Mm-hmm. Right. You just said it, having an understanding of where you stand and where that comes from. Right. I really have been wrestling most recently, and we can wrap this up. I know we're, we're getting close on time. I've been wrestling recently with just because I am, do have, uh, am biracial and do have, you know, mom was white and I do have white blood that runs through me. And, you know, I do, you know, have this part of me and it comes from Scotland. I'm aware of that. And I'm aware of so many things about my own life, but bigger than my own life, I'm really wrestling with um, this this, this notion of, how people get to somehow feel they're better than other people. Mm. Like, where does that come from? Based on what game? And then before I get on my own high horse about Mm -hmm. it, I know that I too have felt that Mm -hmm. for a different reason, Mm -hmm. for different reasons. And where does that come from? So that is where I'm at with my own process of just, you know, um, point in my life. I'm at a point in my life where I'm really understanding more because of the question I have. Yes. This question around how did people get to this place where they think they're really better than other people? And I'm talking about races of people. Right. As well as individual people. Right. That's at the basis mm-hmm. of why I believe I'm an educator because I really want that torn down. I want mm-hmm. that ripped apart. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole notion of me being better than you and you mm-hmm. being smarter than me and you, mm-hmm. and that makes you better. Right. That. Right. So when I look at racism and, all of the different isms. All the isms. All the ibias <laughs> right. and right. the homophobia, right. one of the bias. Right. All those. When I look at all those things, I think the root of that is um, understanding. You know, I was talking to someone about that two days ago, and we were talking about making better choices. She said, well, I made better choices. Can you believe the choices that she's made or he's made? And, you know, I said, well, here's the real story. You didn't make better choices. You had a better promise. Oh. You know? Oh. Wow. Yeah. You had a better stage, a better foundation. Oh. And that's real true. Like, your, you know, your your parents had stock or shares in Nordstrom's when they first bloomed. Like, you know, come on. <laughs> right. Like it's, it's, um, it's, 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 it's really a naive and closed mind to think that, um, you're you're right that I'm better than because you uh, think you've made better choices. Right. right. Actually, right. you had a better start. Right. You had a better start, and not right. that you can't come from the bi- from the back end. You right. Can. Right. I'm sure, you can. Yeah. Right. But j- just to be grateful and humble. Right. I, I really feel like is the best way approach to deal with human beings. And you're mm-hmm. right because you, have you? I know we've all seen that video where. You have the, the I th- want to say it's like um, their kids or teenagers and they're running to, or they're lined up. Uh-huh. And based on where you're lined up, because it's not a straight line, it's about who's going to get to the finish line first. Mm. 
And quite naturally, whoever's closest, whoever is closest to the finish line is going to get there first. And you're closer because you have had this yep. first yep. or you've had this or you've yep. had that. Yep. Right. And that puts you a little closer to that line. And so it's not always the idea because and I will say as an as a brand new teacher, I used to think and I used to tell my kids, you know, you've just got to work hard. And sometimes it's not just about working hard. Sometimes when I get home, I can't do the homework because I'm watching my younger children or siblings. Or I can't do, you know, certain things because I have to do these other things first. And everyone else doesn't. Correct. They're on a 10-speed bike while you're on a scooter. Well, exactly. Even when the pandemic with my school, not one parent, maybe one, asked for a device. Because they had their own devices, or they went out and bought a device. As opposed right. to in my school, immediately, immediately, they all need devices. They went right. out and bought, purchased one, and the one who needed another device is because she had three children. She said, well, I bought two, but if you have one for me, I'll take that. Right. So right. I don't have to go out and buy. Right. Not that I can't go out and buy. Right. So, yeah. So they were able to start immediately, immediately when the pandemic hit, right? Um, and so, yes, 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 yes. And, you know, it makes me think about many of the parents or caregivers of um, our children who don't necessarily have the additional options or choices from, a, from behind their backgrounds. They don't have the silver spoon. They're, you know, they are working hard. And they're working hard and making it. And their kids are... are getting what they need, and making it. But who is taking care of that strong woman? Mm. Which usually it is, so I'm going I'm to go there. <laughs> usually it is a strong woman that's taking care of all of those things that are going on. I think about my mother. I came from a single-parent household. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, she did a lot to help us make it. Yes. But in the end, my mother passed when I was 19. Yes. Who was taking care of her? I always say my mother passed early because of the very same reason you're speaking of. I think that, yeah. you know, some True. parents get wore out. Some people True. get wore out with just life. You know what yeah, I mean? I don't right. necessarily know the answer to that. But I know that I have my assumptions like you do about right. looking at someone who just gave and gave and gave. And then who was there for her? And certainly right. she had her own pleasure. And it takes me back to what we were talking about earlier. Oh. 